Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. The heartbeat of Saskatchewan is agriculture, and 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything A. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with your host, Ryan Young. Good afternoon. Welcome to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today, and it's brought to you by Mendeco. Talk to your Mendeco dealer or visit mendeco.com to learn more about Mendeco land rollers and tillage equipment. And brought to you by the UFA Cooperative, now open in Yorkton and Weyburn. UFA has fuel cards to meet your needs. Find the fuel card that's right for you at ufa.com. And brought to you by Assiniboy Livestock, for the most reliable and dependable way to market your livestock. Today, the latest Saskatchewan crop report says seeding is complete. Bill C-234 has been getting a lot of attention lately, and a few ag groups are pushing the Senate to get it passed. And the provincial and federal governments are funding diagnostic services for animals in Saskatchewan. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. This is Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Municipal Hail Insurance, crop insurance at cost. See municipalhail.ca. Most Saskatchewan producers have finished seeding. Crops Extension Specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, Matthew Struthers, says 99% of the crop is now on the ground. You know, that's right where we should be uh, for this time of year. And there's a little bit of delay, you know, just with some heavy rains. Uh, but those those fields are being seeded now. And then the last of the crop that's going in is mostly going in for green feed. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's that's not a, a huge deal for a lot of producers to put in a little bit later. So uh, we're looking very good so far. There were heavy thunderstorms over the past week, but Struthers says those were localized to some areas you know, hail and also rain that came down. So there was a bit of flooding damage, a little bit of hail damage, and and all those producers are are happy to see that moisture. Uh, It's always a hassle to see that uh, damage come with it as well. So hopefully it's, uh, you know, it it doesn't uh, affect that crop long term, but it's, you know, on the one hand, it's still very good to get that moisture as well. The crop report says this rain will help crops get through this month into the hot days of July, as well as help pastures that are struggling due to dry conditions. And speaking of those dry conditions, Strether says topsoil moisture conditions slightly declined due to high daytime temperatures, strong winds, and some areas missing out on the rain. For, for the province, uh, for, uh, for cropland, it's rated as 2% surplus, 66% adequate, 28% short, and 4% very short. Uh, and hay and pasture land is rated as 1% surplus, 60% adequate, 33% short, and 6% very short. So, um, you know, although that, that rain did fall and help some producers, there's many producers out there that it's still very dry for. And we would like to see, you know, less localized rain, you know, that heavy rainfall and, and more of a general soaking rain uh, across multiple regions. Rainfall amounts varied around Saskatchewan. 
it was highly localized. So, you know, in some areas, they only got two mills, like the Whitewood area. Um, but down in uh, the Shaunavan area, they got um, 54. So that's, you know, that's, a, that's quite a range and that's a lot of water to come down in, in, uh, in a very short period of time. Uh, you know, Halford got five mills, 24 mills in the Glassland area. Uh, and then also in, the, in some areas, the hail was uh, so heavy enough that it kind of looked like it snowed. So hopefully the, the damage, like I said, isn't too severe, but producers will be out there assessing that and, and seeing how their crop might bounce back. In terms of crop damage, he says most of it was from drought stress in localized areas where it's still dry. Mostly on you know, lighter textured soils or, or hilltops. Um, and that crop's just struggling a little bit more, um, as well as, you know, flooding damage from the heavy rains that we experienced. Then also insects, um, you know, flea beetles, grasshoppers, and cutworms are, are all being reported as, as causing a little bit of damage here and there, and, and some areas uh, more severe than others. And, and of course, now that uh, we're into June here, the gophers are up with a force, and, and they're also causing a bit of damage. So producers are doing everything they can to, uh, to control those pests and, and keep that, uh, that, that pressure down uh, and that, that damage down as well. Despite all that, Struther says crop development has been good overall. You know, compared to the last uh, couple of years, uh, development is right where it should be. So about 85% of fall cereals, 83% of pulses, 76% of spring cereals and oilseed uh, crops are all at their normal stages. So really, really high percentage of the crops that are in their normal uh, percentage of development. Uh, that's really, really promising. Uh, you know, as in previous years, we've we've seen those that development uh, be farther ahead or farther behind due to that those the, the drought conditions we had in 21 and 22. So really good to see that most crops are sitting in that that normal range. Matthew Struthers is a crops extension spe- specialist with the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture, based in Moose Jaw. Back to Saskatchewan Agriculture today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture today is brought to you by Prairie 6 Inch. For Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6 Inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist. PrairieEavesTrough.ca. The bill to exempt grain drying and heating barns from the federal carbon tax is making progress. Bill C-234 passed second reading in the Senate and goes to committee for further discussion. But with only two weeks left before the upper chamber rises for the summer break, President of the Agricultural Producers Association of Saskatchewan, Ian Boxall, says now is the time to get it passed. We'd like to see it passed. This has been something that ag groups have lobbied for for the last number of years, and, and it's we're almost there. We're almost at the finish line. We need the Senate to have a look at this thing and pass it to give it royal assent so that it's in place come fall. And, and you know, on the grain drying side, if you're having to dry grain in the fall, you've already had a tough fall. Conditions have been wet and conditions have been tough and you're having to dry grain. And that added cost of that carbon tax on that fuel to dry that grain it's just something that no rebate could ever refund. And this is an exemption that ag groups have asked for for years, and it's just time that it, it got passed. APAS is not alone. The Keystone Agricultural Producers of Manitoba and the Alberta Federation of Agriculture joined them in calling for the passage of Bill C-234. Yeah, I think it's, you know, I think when it comes to the grain drying side of it and, and even eastern Canada and Ontario, there's a lot of corn dried out there. It's a 
this is an asset I think every producer in Canada is looking for. Whether you're heating a barns for chicken, I was talking with some chicken farmers the other day that, you know, their carbon tax on their gas bills is $2,500 a month in the winter. That's a pretty big bill for carbon tax. And you start doing that month over month, and that really starts to add up. And so whether it be for heating a barns or whether it be for drying grain when you've had a tough fall and you need to ensure that that grain is put into storage and where it can last, this is something that farmers have been asked for. This is something that I believe farmers need to stay competitive within the marketplace. We can't pass these costs along to our buyers, and it's, it's just something we need. The last day for the Senate is June 30th. If the bill doesn't get passed by June 30th, it will likely be picked up in the fall when Parliament resumes for the fall sitting. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. Now today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94, brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Bungie's planned acquisition of Viterra would make the world's biggest oilseed crusher even more dominant and secure a large role in the expanding renewable diesel industry, although it may face competition hurdles. Under the deal to create an agricultural giant worth about $34 billion U.S., including debt, Bungie's crushing capacity will increase by nearly one-third to 75 million metric tons annually, adding plants in Europe, Canada, and Argentina. The deal would make the combined company better able to capitalize on an anticipated surge in demand for soybean and canola oil to produce biofuels in coming years than its rivals, but more consolidation in the industry leaves farmers with fewer buyers for their crops. Though its grain trading business is smaller than rivals Cargill and ADM, U.S.-based Bungie is already the world's largest oilseed processor and producer of vegetable oil. Although canola prices have been somewhat erratic over the last weeks, they, along with other oilseeds, have generally rebounded. That's according to trader Ken Ball of PI Financial in Winnipeg. Ball notes there's been a good amount of short covering in soy oil at the Chicago Board of Trade as markets position themselves for an announcement from the U.S. Environmental Protection Agency. The EPA had been scheduled to unveil its blending requirement for biodiesel from now through to 2025 just yesterday. However, the agency postponed its announcement to June 21st. In turn, that initially pushed down prices for soy oil, which already had been oversold, but later the commodity turned around to push higher. Ball cautioned that the last time the EPA made such an announcement, it resulted in sharp drops in soy oil and other vegetable oils. According to a Kyiv-based research center, Ukraine's agricultural sector could take 20 years or more in parts to recover from the ravages of Russia's full-scale invasion. Ukraine is a major global grower and exporter of wheat, corn, sunflower and sunflower oil, but its production has fallen sharply since the war started in February of 2022. According to the modeling results, some of the sectors will not reach the pre-war levels even after seven years of peace. It said the sunflower, barley and wheat sectors were expected to recover by 2040, while the maize, rye, oats and rapeseed sectors were expected to recover by 2050. 
Ukraine harvested 106 million metric tons of grain and oilseed in 2021 before the invasion, but output could decrease to around 65 million metric tons in 2023. Aurora Cannabis reported revenue in its latest quarter rose compared with a year ago, helped by its acquisition of Bevo AgTech, a supplier of vegetable seedlings and flowers last year. The company says the increase came as its adjusted earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation and amortization totaled $310,000 for the quarter ended March 31st, compared with a loss of $10 million a year earlier. Net revenue totaled $64 million for what was the company's third quarter, up from $50.4 million in the same quarter last year. Aurora says medical cannabis revenue for the quarter totaled $38 million, down from $39.4 million due to limited supply of high-demand products in certain European markets as the company had production issues at its Nordic production facility. A BC city normally known for its dairy and animal agriculture products is hosting its first-ever vegan food festival. The Vegan Foodie Festival is hosted by local grocery store The Veganist for its one-year anniversary since opening, and co-founder Logan Bryan says vegan products have been welcomed by, quote, the majority of the community. Organizers say, however, that there were instances of harassment since the store opened, and the festival is meant to encourage everyone to learn more about vegan food and lifestyles. The event is scheduled to take place on Saturday, at Chilliwack Central Community Park. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your agri-weather forecast on the voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today's sunshine with winds from the southwest at 20, gusting to 40 kilometers an hour, high of 23 degrees. Tonight, partly cloudy and hazy, winds out of the west at 30 kilometers an hour, low 8 degrees. Tomorrow, it'll be clearing up in the morning, some haze still. Winds from the northwest at 30 kilometers an hour, then becoming light near noon, high of 23, the low 12. Saturday, partly cloudy, high of 26, the low 13. Sunday, sunshine, high of 26, the low 16. Monday, some showers, high of 23, low 14. Tuesday, partly cloudy, high of 22, and a low of 12. Wednesday, partly cloudy, and a high of 20 degrees. Normal highs for this period are at 23 degrees, normal lows are at 9, sun rose at 446, and the sun will set at 9.12 p.m. Taking a look around the province, it's pretty cool. Estevan, 20 degrees, Saskatoon, 15, Swift Current, 10, Weyburn and Yorkton sitting at 18. The warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Nipawin at 21, cool spot is in Cypress Hills at 9. In Regina, it's partly cloudy. Winds from the west-southwest at 31, gusting up to 48 kilometers an hour. Humidity at 52%. Temperature at 19 degrees or 66 Fahrenheit. Barometric pressure at 101.0 and rising. In Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy. 
Southwest wind at 37, gusting up to 54 kilometers an hour. Temperature 19 degrees as well. Once again in Regina, partly cloudy. West-southwest wind at 31 to 48 and a temperature of 19 degrees. Back in a moment. You're tuned to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today on The Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This portion of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by McDougall Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougallAuction.com. And brought to you by Pattison Liquid Systems, experts in liquid fertilizer distribution. Fertilizer's just better when it's wetter. Pattison Liquid Systems, expect the best. Diagnostic Services for Animals is getting a funding boost from the Saskatchewan and Canadian governments. $18 million will support Prairie Diagnostic Services over the next five years. Agriculture Minister David Merritt says it's an increase of 400000 from the funding under the previous Canadian Agricultural Partnership. And really it's important for us to have this investment uh, in, with Prairie Diagnostic Services as it looks into all aspects of li- the livestock sector and the poultry sector. When we look at, obviously, animal health, uh, disease uh, control, and all the diagnostics around that as well, Ryan. So it's very important for us, as obviously the livestock and poultry industry is uh, is a big part of of the ag uh, sector here in the province of Saskatchewan. Sustainable Cap will provide $3.6 million per year over five years to the not-for-profit organization. Well, really what it does, it really helps provide uh, for disease diagnostics, obviously, surveillance, obviously new research and uh, for both animal health and animal welfare. And it really uh, plays into all aspects of it. Uh, you know, if we were to have an African swine fever outbreak and it's just uh, how the, the veterinary service and how that all works together, uh, if we saw it even being used with avian influenza that we had uh, last year and what happened there too as well. So. It's really important for us to have the Prairie Diagnostic Services. Uh, it's really in, in the control of diseases, the monitoring of it, working with our veterinarians, and uh, obviously really to protect public health uh, and our trade. I mean, we're a trading province, so we want to make sure that we are in full control of uh, you know animal welfare and animal health as well. So it's important for us, um, both from a diagnostic side and also from a research side as well. Prairie Diagnostic Services is located at the Western College of Veterinary Medicine at the University of Saskatchewan in Saskatoon. On another note, Merritt also reacted to this week's Bungie Viterra merger announcement. Well, obviously, you know, we don't know the full details yet. Uh, you know, I, I heard about it uh, uh, yesterday. I had a call from uh, Viterra and had a discussion uh, with those folks and uh, we just see how it all rolls out. Obviously, they don't know all the details either and... Uh, we will be watching this one. We see that there's some good synergies here with uh, Bungie and Viterra. Viterra obviously has a lot of facilities across Western Canada and globally, by the way. They have obviously uh, facilities in other countries as well. Plus, they have port capacity as well. So, you know, we see that this could be uh, a good fit for Bungie and how it all works. But we don't know all the details yet. And we'll just see how it all works out. And we'll look forward to communications with Bungie in the near future as well. That's Saskatchewan Agriculture Minister David Merritt talking about funding for Prairie Diagnostic Services as well as reaction to the merger between Bungie and Viterra. You're listening to Saskatchewan Agriculture Today with 620 CKRM Agri-News Director Ryan Young. 
This segment of Saskatchewan Agriculture Today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Look to Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies, small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The grasshopper season is off to an early start with a growing number of producers spraying the insects. James Tansey is the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture insect specialist. He says there are 11,000 grasshopper species in the world, including 85 in western Canada. However, only four of those species cause significant damage to crops. The main one in our province is the two-striped grasshopper. Females can be large, and once again, you know, uh, up to 40 millimeters, 1.6 inches, or slightly larger in some cases. It depends on their nutritional input as young. So they do prefer lush habitat, so heavier textured soils, forbs, but they are generalists. And push comes to shove, they will feed on other different plant species. Grasshoppers are developing quickly under the current weather conditions. I am seeing the hatch proceeding in central and south-central regions for lesser migratory. I haven't seen them in the southeast and haven't heard reports of them in the southwest, but I'll have a better idea soon. So it's very warm right now. They're going to be ripping through their development very quickly. So it's going to be the short end of that. Tansy talks about the two-striped grasshoppers. Eggs start to hatch about 8 to 10 days ahead of migratory grasshopper, and it was well ahead this year. So these animals were actually hatching about 8 to 10 days ahead of schedule. So about second week of May, third week of May, we were getting reports of large numbers of nymphs coming up and oftentimes damaging. So that required spray. Third instar nymphs, second instar nymphs, causing enough damage to warrant spray. Once again, the migratory behavior of both nymphs and adults, these tend to invade from field edges. They're going to overwinter. They're going to be laying eggs in ditches and roadsides and moving into crops from those. But once again, they can move great distances. Tansy notes the two-striped grasshoppers will often move from crop to crop. You will see grasshoppers in a field happily munching away, and then they can just move. And reason being is in the case of some, especially the pest grasshoppers, generalist grasshoppers, they have a little switch in their brain where they'll munch on one species of plant, and then they're obliged to switch to another species of plant. They don't get everything they need from any one species of plant, and so it behooves them to switch hosts. So they can move in sometimes large numbers from host to host, so it's something to watch for as well. A less common species is the Packard grasshopper. These ones prefer open habitat, light textured soils as a rule, blue tibia again, and uh, greatest pressure in the northern range, and these ones really like legumes. They tend to prefer lusher plants, and will feed on small grain cereals, but they do prefer legumes and can be a real problem in some uh, legume crops. So we haven't seen big numbers of Packards in the past couple of years, with the possible exception of some pockets near Saskatoon, but it's always one to keep an eye out for. Tansy says not all grasshoppers cause crop damage and provides a couple of things to look out for. Brightly colored hindwings is a real good giveaway that you're not dealing with pests. Uh, noisy flyers, these are adults in the fall or in the late summer, not typically pests. They are herbivores, they are large animals, but they're typically feeding on, on grasses and ditches and uh, you know, native grass species. There are some fungal pathogens that reduce grasshopper populations, but Tansy says the insect does have a self-defense mechanism. They will actually engage in basking once infected to raise their internal temperatures 
uh, right up into the 40s. And this is going to reduce the success of the fungal pathogen. So grasshoppers really like it warm as a rule, and they will raise their internal temperatures to fight off sickness. James Tansy is the Saskatchewan Ministry of Agriculture Insect Specialist. Here's the market updates with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Market update is brought to you by Sask Pork, working on behalf of Saskatchewan hog producers and our community. Grain prices at Viterra were up in early trading today. Canola is up $15.20 at 702.82 a metric ton. And number one red spring wheat is up $7.03 to 371.25. The rest were unchanged. Durham 396.61, feed barley 355.61, chickpeas 1036.17, flax 541.98, lentils 743.48, oats 225.32, yellow peas 369.99, feed wheat 270.97. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for July is up 17 and a quarter cents at $8.26 and a half cents a bushel. It's the Livestock Reports on the Voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Livestock quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock 842-4574. Now, the Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is the Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of June the 14th. What an awesome day we had yesterday. 700 head in the sort from one gentleman. Another 425 head in the regular sale. Another 450 cows and bulls with 15 cow cap pairs on the side with a whopping 1,600 head for the day. This cow and bull market selling steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 142 to 152, sales to 157, 158, D3 cows, 132 to 142. Cows with lumps and bumps and weaker cows selling 80 to 90. Cows are averaging 145. From that good Cupar area, 1,600-pound cows topped out at 158. Good bulls, 153 to 163. Sales to 172, 173. Bulls are averaging 163. All the way from Wadena area, 2,000-pound bulls topped out at 177.50. This feeder market continues to surprise everyone. What a sale. Listen up. 500-pound steers, 405. 575-pound steers, 391. We had 92 black steers weighing 650 pounds. They topped out at 366. Tan steers weighing 650 pounds. They topped out at 374. My favorite pen, 710 pound tan steers, 333. 785 pound steers, 312. The 850s at 295. And 950 pound steers at 281. On the heifer side, 575 pound black heifers, 325. 650s, 318. 710s at 284. 785-pound heifers, 285, 820s at 276, and 925-pound heifers at 257. Highlight of the morning, a package of 26 black and red exotic steers weighing 860 pounds. They topped out at 297, and 710-pound tan heifers topped out at 291. Congratulations to you, Corey, and your family from Benito. A job well, well done. What a pair sale we had also, 15 pairs, top pair sold for 36.50. The bottom pairs, 31.50, our average was $3,400. Next week, regular sale, receiving from 8 to 8 on Tuesday. We change our routine here on a Wednesday. We sell feeder cattle first at 8 o'clock and then sell cows and bulls after the feeder sale. The pairs, we still sell at 11. 
That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. Now the latest pork prices. They're at $206.19 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. This is the Saskatchewan Resource Report on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the Resource Report, brought to you by Farm Fresh Water. They'll make your well water wonderful and your dugout drinkable. Get your farm fresh water today at farmfreshwater.ca. And Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Two conservation organizations have teamed up to protect one of the largest areas of intact prairie grasslands and wetlands in Canada. The Nature Conservancy of Canada and Ducks Unlimited Canada say they are working to conserve McIntyre Ranch through a conservation easement with its owners. The 130-year-old ranch south of Lethbridge, Alberta, spans more than 220 square kilometers. When it is completed, the two groups say the easement will represent the largest private land conservation project to date across the Canadian prairies. The ranch is owned by the Thrall family, which has worked with the organizations to protect the natural integrity of its fescue and mixed grasslands, as well as about 3,600 wetland basins that include large lakes. The Nature Conservancy of Canada has started a fundraising campaign to raise the remaining $3 million needed to complete the project. The U.S. Federal Reserve is keeping its key interest rates steady at about 5.1% after a series of hikes aimed at combating high inflation. The Fed's move to leave its benchmark rate unchanged for now suggests it believes the much higher borrowing rates it's engineered have made some progress in taming inflation. But in a surprise move, the Fed is signaling that it may raise rates twice more this year, beginning as soon as next month. The central bank's 18 policymakers envision raising the key rate by an additional half point this year to about 5.6%. On the markets, the TSX is up just three points at 20,018. The Dow is up 357 points to 34,336. Oil is up $2.15 at $70.42 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 75.60 cents U.S. And that's the Resource Report. If you missed any segment of the show, tune in to the On Demand Saskatchewan Agriculture Today podcast, brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Saskatchewan Agriculture Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of edge microactive pre-emergent herbicide.